the 70% podcast with your host, Amy Alexander and Mike Sewell. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 70% podcast. Everybody. Hell, everybody. 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 Uh, This is Amy Alexander. I'm Mike Sewell. And we have a guest with us today. Yeah. Her name is Kathy. That's me. Yeah. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I am old, but I'm not, and I am uh, Mexican, Polish, raised in an Italian family, and I am raising my grandson, and we adopted him, and we live in a horrible neighborhood downtown. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. Okay. In a great big house. Oh. Yeah, I, like I love it. Yeah. So we we've been out of the, we've been out of the loop for a little while here, Amy. We have business we has have. been really good, and then unfortunately it stopped us from coming down right. and, and doing the show and doing the show as much as we mm-hmm. normally do. Summers are always yeah. crazy in the real estate business. Yeah. It's starting to slow down a little bit. Well, yeah, because nobody wants to pay six and a half percent interest. Yeah. But. Well, instead of houses being on the market for what is it twenty twenty four hours, they're on the market two days now. Yeah, two yeah. days. Right. No. <laughs> I think our. Uh, months of inventory went uh, up like 0.10% or something like that. Uh, But that gives us a little bit more time to do the fun stuff, which is this. This is what we like to do. It's fun. And so we were having a discussion a couple of weeks ago, Mike and I, because as you guys know that, listen to the show that Mike and I have been friends forever. And we We talk too much to each other. We talk a lot about a lot of (laughs) different things. And that's how we ended up deciding we're just going to start recording some of our conversations and came up with the show. Um, But we were talking about our last, uh, like the progression of our shows and all the things that we've talked about and things like that and um, you know what we could who would who wants to come on who would bring in some right. new information and so it's just not me right. and Mike chatting babbling at, babbling <laughs> at each other <laughs> so basically we t- when we find a topic that we feel strongly about we look for people who have some information more than us on it. Somebody that might not be an expert but has more information than mm-hmm. us and we want to bring them onto bring the show. in a different perspective so yeah, there's that. So, guys, if you have uh, any uh, ideas of shows and stuff that you'd like to hear about, definitely shoot us uh, a little text on uh, Facebook there. Let us know about it, and we'll uh, we'll put the show together. Check us out on Facebook, Seventy Percent Podcast. Yeah. Uh, then, we also have a group that we also have. What else do we have? We're on YouTube. We're on, we got it all, Amy. We're, we're on Spotify. Spotify. That's a Jenny thing. That's a Jenny yeah, question. Yeah. Jenny, where are we at? We're on Facebook, we're on Spotify, we're on... Facebook, Spotify, YouTube, TikTok. Google Music, TikTok. Uh, Facebook group is the 70 Percenters. Love it. There you go. So All go right. to the Facebook group, 70 Percenters, and yep. uh, shoot us a text or whatever and let us know what yeah, you'd like to hear Yeah, we'd be happy about. to check out your topics mm-hmm. or bring you on the show. Yep. So the reason why we, we like Amy said, why we started this show is because we have a lot of heated discussions with one another. And we see that a lot of those discussions end up dividing people, although we still remain friends and stay, for, you know, and uh, we're able to move forward. So uh, we decided that, hey, maybe we should do a show and show everybody that you can have heated discussions, you can have disagreements, and you can still get along. Right? Right. Yeah, 70%. So. 70% of us can. <laughs> yeah. The other 30% we're just going to do away with. We're going to send them back to where they came from. <laughs> 
<laughs> what? Oh boy. All right. Anyway. <laughs> whatever state. <laughs> whatever state they came from. So uh, we were talking about what? A couple of weeks ago, talking about adoption. We well, we started. We were talking about human trafficking, yep. and and you know, and um, I don't even remember how we got into because the Roe v. Wade. That's why we got in on the, the oh, conversation. Oh yes, yes, yes. Because yep, it was it. Um, it ended up being that you know people could be adopting instead of in, instead, instead of, of aborting, aborting this, the babies and right. and things like that. And then we started talking about adoption, and we don't know how that works, and you know how many people really do adopt. Is there really a demand out there? Um, well, there's there's definitely a demand. Oh, but is, demand. The, is is there a demand for you know for more than so? And I didn't pull the statistics on this or anything, but about 135,000 children are adopted in the United States each year. Uh, to non-step parent adoptions is what that is. Um, and that's about 59%, excuse me. Uh, 59% are from child uh, uh, welfare or foster care or something like that. 26% are from the uh, other countries and 15% of voluntary relinquishes of American babies. So, But there are some some babies out there that are not uh, voluntary relinquished. Like, there's a lot of um, minority children who are in the foster care that have been taken away from their parents, and they have tr- they have a lot more uh, hoops to jump through to get their kids back than their white counterparts. Actually, that's not accurate. Okay. Um, most of the families that we have fostered have been white um, or non-black, and they, their parents have had hoops and hoops and hoops and hoops and hoops. Um, the two black children that we did have, they, their parents were not ever going to get them back. Um, but they went immediately to family after they came, like they came to our house. Okay. Oh, sorry. I used to be a foster parent. No, no. <laughs> that's what I wanted to ask you about. Yep. So we know that you adopted uh, a child. Mm-hmm. And um, that you used to, be, you know, do foster care and stuff like that. So, uh, walk us through the system. Okay, so um, it, it varies from state to state, which number well, yeah. one is absurd. Um, you should be able to go from one state to another state and have the same sort of system in place. In some states, there's no, there's there are no classes required. You can just be like, hey, my background check clears and here I am. And in Wisconsin, they do a Wisconsin background check for 10 years. Um, they don't, I think, go nationally. Oh, they don't. Which so is scary. As long as you didn't screw up in Wisconsin for the last 10 years. And my information may be bad, so don't take me to church on that one. Because well, hold up. You came in here, and you don't have the facts? I have facts-ish. <laughs> no. Okay, look. I'm, I'm facts-ish. <laughs> if Trump no, can, I'm teasing. Have, if we, Trump can have alternative facts, oh, we're not gonna I get, can we're not surely gonna go have facts-ish. <laughs> no, we, we just want to hear about your experience, so that's yeah. that's fine. I'm, t- I'm just teasing you. Ditto. So, um, okay. No, I... Um, so the kids that we had were primarily white, and I was shocked by that. Um, Why were you shocked by that? Because I, I had always heard sure. that the foster care system was riddled. That's what I heard. So is it just, this, is it just because uh, it's this area that you think it's a lot more white kids? No. Or, or a lot more? So you think nationally there are a lot more white children no. in foster care and being adopted than black kids or brown kids or whatever, you know, minorities. No. Um, 
where we lived was Wichita, Kansas, when we fostered. Oh, oh so, okay. Well, that explains it. But in Wichita? How many black people you know in Wichita, Kansas? Are you kidding I'm me teasing. right now? In so we lived in Wichita. <laughs> so we lived. In, we. <laughs> Sorry. Oh my goodness! Uh, Mike just got the. I, Are you kidding I, uh, me right now? And it wasn't me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. You're so funny. So, we lived in Wichita, where there are plenty of minorities, okay. um, and black and brown. And um, we had primarily white children come through, and I was shocked by that, um, because I had heard that the system had primarily minority children, okay. and I figured we would have a hand. They try to keep races together. In the system, okay, okay, that's what they say. That's what they tell uh, what, foster parents. You, why? Why do they? Um, do so, that? so you're telling me if you got two white kids in your house, mm-hmm. they try to only place white kids in your house. No, if you're white, if the if the parents that are fostering are white, okay, then they try to. They try to keep the kids white, Caucasian, right, or whatever. Right, oh, right, right. okay, okay. Especially for adoption. Okay. Like, that's their first go-to. Um, and I don't know that a lot of people know that. Um, so so there's that. We had one little guy come in to our house, and he was an emergency placement. And he was, he was five when he came to the door. And I remember he was just so afraid, and he was in his jammies. It was 11 o'clock at night. And um, the social worker said, hi, this is... We'll call him Ralph, yeah, and this yeah. is Ralph, and 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 Ralph doesn't really like white people because he hasn't had really good interactions with them, and so I said, "Oh, it's okay, Ralph. I'm brown. It's okay." And he's like, "Oh, okay." So I was fine. He thought I was great because I was brown. I wasn't white. And my husband came home, and he was terrified. So let me ask you a question. Do you, do you go to any like uh, foster parent groups or adoption groups and stuff like that? No. So you're not in any of those kind of. I okay. am not. Okay. I am on TikTok, but. No, I was I was just going to ask you like what are, what are people saying in those groups and stuff like that? Like I belong to a group called um, Unapologetic uh, uh, um, Black uh, Republicans. Okay. And... I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, that's my line. <laughs> no. Um, and typically you hear a lot of, you know, a, a lot of things in, in, in that group that I'm able to then, you know, talk to other people about. So I just was curious if you were in any groups that we can hear what some of the people in the group are saying. So let's let's go to uh, to, to the whole um, Roe v. Wade question. That's how we got started on the conversation about adoption anyway. So we're talking about people, women who are choosing, or are, right now everybody's upset because the, the the federal government sent it back down to the states to deal with, you know, um, which, you know, everybody's asking for smaller governments, right? Well, Republicans what? are asking for smaller governments. So you think liberals want larger government? I think they probably don't know what they want, but I think Republicans want smaller governments. Isn't that what part of their platform? Yeah, but... Yeah. I mean, we were never, I mean, most Republicans are constitutionalists and the Constitution never, that's why the Constitution is there to avoid overreaching by the government. 
Right. So I don't okay. know that that's a liberal talking point. No, I just I just think that when you when um, the, the the fact that a lot of people are upset about or a lot of liberals are upset about the the, the government pushing the you know Roe way back down to the states is mind boggling to me when everybody's asking for smaller government. You know, so I guess if you're saying liberals want larger government, I can't speak to that, but that's, well, that's fine. Federal government and federal protections right. and right. federal interventions. Um, and Roe v. Wade is one of those things that needs to be covered by the federal government um, because you have states like <clears throat> Texas and Florida and the Mississippis and the Arkansas and right. God help us, Kentucky. Okay. Um, and so, you know, I'm paying money to help people, I'm paying money to help people have a choice. And um, and I'm fine to do that, and here's why. My birth mom, I met her, she lives here in Green Bay. And um, I met her when I was 30 years old, so she was probably around 52 to 55. and. When I met her, she hugged me and she cried and she said, I have mourned you since I had to give you away. And I said, I'm so sorry. My mom always told me there was somebody out there who loved me um, and who gave me because they did. And her parents were anti-abortion. Her mom, while she was pregnant, kept her upstairs in their attic so their family members wouldn't know. And when she started showing, she went to an unwed mother's house. After she gave me up for adoption, um, she mourned me for 30 years because a priest told her that her sin of giving me away was unforgivable. So when I hear people talk about abortion being traumatic for the woman, yes, it is. No bones. So is adoption. And there should never be a second guess. It's probably in some cases more so. What about just taking responsibility for your actions? Babies are... A punishment. That's not a punishment. That is a punishment. It's not a punishment. It's taking responsibility for your mm, actions. No, that's making you, your bed and lying in it. That's, that's no, you're going to have to get up and go to school in your jammies because you didn't wake up on time. That's making your bed and lying in it. That's being what's, responsible what's, for your actions. And what's, and you're saying that, that having unprotected sex, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, that's one thing you shouldn't have to be responsible for. You shouldn't have to be responsible for that. So what I'm saying is they're two separate issues. People should absolutely, like, let's fine them. Let's do something. I'm all for, I'm all for consequences. No big deal. Babies shouldn't suffer and people shouldn't hold on to lifelong traumas because politics, that's stupid. Let me tell you, I was born from a rape, a rape. And I looked nothing like my birth family when we met, nothing. And so I'm like, mm, maybe a DNA test. And she's like, oh, no, we don't need one. I'm like, mm, maybe we do. And she said, no, no, we don't. I'm like, mm, 
pretty sure we do. And she said, no, honey, we, we don't need one. Several years later, uh, much to her dissatisfaction, I met my birth father. And I looked just like him. Just like him. Oh, I'm sorry to hear, hear, hear that story. Um, well, he was really good looking, but so don't be sorry. Um, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> that's, that took a dark turn. That's, I don't know where we just went with that. <laughs> um, so uh, he, I looked just like him. Now imagine if she had been made to live with the consequences of his actions. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. So, right, so, so, so here's here's what I'm here's what I'm getting at. So, if you have, and and then we can continue to roll this into adoption because that's where I really want. You know, <laughs> Sorry. We really want the conversation yeah. to go. Um, but if you have um, if you have two consenting adults, and they decide that they're going to have intercourse with one another, unprotected intercourse with one another, and that results in a pregnancy then they both have the responsibility to that, to, that, to that child. The child, realistically, the child is not unwanted. You know, they, it, they wanted it because they had unprotected sex as contenting, uh, consenting adults. So, if you, so why should these people who are doing that be allowed to say, you know what, eh, I'm just going to kill a life because I don't care or because I don't want it. I'm just going to take a life because I don't want it. I had this discussion with my son today talking about Balut. The what? <laughs> Balut. Have you ever heard of Balut? It's a Filipino, uh, Vietnamese, uh, uh, what do you call that when it's like a really delicate, it's a delicacy. And it's um, a fertilized egg. Like, it, there's a chick that's in the egg and then it, brines and you eat it and you drink the juice and my son said ew that's a chicken and I said no <laughs> that's not a chicken that's an embryo he said no that's a chicken and we had like this whole abortion he didn't know we were having an abortion discussion it's not it's not a chicken and it's not a baby it's a life it, it, it is a life. And so, so why are people allowed to be irresponsible and take a life? Because we live in the United States of America. And the last time I checked, we have freedom. And that freedom has the right to be irresponsible. The freedom has the right to, we have the right to murder people. We have the right to have consequences if we do. Right, but you don't have consequences if you have an abortion. There's no consequences behind that. Oh, there is. Oh, there is. <laughs> okay, you... let's let's move into the uh, let's move off of this one. Okay, because okay? I don't think we're gonna you know no. get anywhere on that. So... True story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so, sitting back here and <laughs> So there's that now. Now, so let, let's just say you know. Okay, th there's a lot of unwanted children out there that the mothers are giving up for adoption and stuff like that. You put these children into uh, uh, foster care. Oh, they end up in foster care. They end up in you know adopted or whatever the case may be. What what did you said something about? There's a traumatic experience behind that. Explain that. Mm -hmm. So uh, imagine 
you're you're bonded to this child that you've taken full responsibility and care for for nine months nine months this teeny tiny little life and and then it's just gone there is literally a loss that is felt and held by mom forever my mom would get sad my birth mom would get sad around easter every year and my sisters and brothers that i met when i met her said we never understood we never knew why because they had no idea no idea about me and they said we have no idea why she would get so sad but she would go in this terrible depression every easter my birthday is march 29th that's why she would go into a terrible depression Uh Because she would be mourning me each and every single year. And you don't think she would have been mourning you if she would have aborted you? So I'm not saying that there are things that should be... I'm not in favor of partial term. I'm not in favor of, like, we're talking embryo stage. I can live with that. And so the the full term abortion to you is not. Well, that that would be murder. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, let me say this. I'm not pro-abortion. I actually don't believe in abortion. I think it's wrong. And I will fight. We're getting sidetracked. (laughs) I will fight tooth and nail on a personal level with any person to say, I will walk with you. I will take that baby's matter of fact, about three weeks ago, um, I have a friend who said, my my friend is gonna go camping in Minnesota um, because she's getting out of an abusive relationship and just found out that she's uh, pregnant and wants to hurry and get it taken care of before it turns into anything. And I said, that makes perfect sense. Um, are you sure she's not willing to adopt? And she was not. We got home that night and my husband said, are you sure she's not willing to adopt? Because, I mean, I don't want any more, but we can take it. Like, we put our money where our mouth is. I forget where I was going. Don't do drugs, kids. It's bad. (laughs) (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh god boy <laughs> all so, right well on that note uh so let's talk about uh, uh uh trans uh what is a transracial adoption so they you have a lot of people out here that mm-hmm. are are uh, black kids with white families mm-hmm. you have um uh kids that are with i, I i'm, I'm going to screw this all up and i'm going to probably piss some people off but pe- people who are so you have gay parents, male and or female gay parents that want to adopt kids and stuff like that. Um, what do you think that does for or to the child? Okay, so first, gay parents, as long as they love them and raise them to be the best children they were ever meant to be, it does nothing but help them to raise children to be the best children they were ever meant to be. Um, transracial adoption is a little touchy. Had you asked me 
five years ago, had you asked me 2019, I would have said, oh, that's no big deal. I was raised by in an Italian family. And so now I'm just Italian. Like I'm, that's just part of who I am. Um, because it's ingrained in me, even though it's not in my DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, in 2020, I learned that um, there's such a thing as brown people. And I called my friend and I said, oh, my God, I think I'm brown. And she laughed and she laughed and she said, Kathy, of course you're brown. You didn't know you were brown? I'm like, no, I thought I was white. Problem. I was raised in a family and I was told that I was white. And every summer when I got too dark, I was told that I better watch out or I'm going to be black soon. Or, Kathy, you're too dark. You're black now. As if that were something wrong. Right, right, right. So with that, you think that, that trans, so you think that uh, a transracial adoption is not good? Not good. Okay. Um, I think it's okay. Kids need homes and they need families that love them. And it's okay as long as those children have access to their birth birth communities and and cultures. And are being told the honest truth about what's going on. You know what bothers me? And this is going to sound bad. (laughs) When I see a, 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 a white family with a little black kid, and the little black kid's hair is nappy. It's not, it's not, it's not taken care of. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> there's, there's a couple of times I was in church. This was years ago. And this little girl, every, every Sunday, she would come into church with her hair just so just nappy. And it, it's like, you know, so I walked up to the parents one day <clears throat> and I asked them, I said, do you know how to do her hair? I'm like, oh, God, no. We have no idea what to do, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, really? So that's when I started, uh, I talked to them about, you know, different products that they could get, what they could do with her hair and stuff like that. And after that, she came to church with her hair looking nice all the time. Thank you. you. But they didn't know, but they didn't know. So that brings me to the subject of if you're going to be adopting uh, 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 children from uh, different races, then I think there's an obligation. I think there should be something set in place or some kind of obligation to have them be a part of their community, or at least understand how to groom them, yes, you know, right. how to take care but of them. But is that the way that it, I mean, every black population grooms himself that way? All, everywhere? What do you mean? Like They, they th- take care of their hair, yeah. Oh, yeah? Don't, don't every Not white every. person take yeah, care of their well, hair? Well, okay. no, like, uh, if you're <laughs> going to, like, say you go to Nigeria, or you go to, I don't know, I'm just pulling countries out of... Uh, that's the way everybody grooms them, or is that just an Americanized way of things? Well, I mean, you gotta, you have to l- live within the, the 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 community that you're in. So we're not talking about Nigeria. We're not talking about you know Africa and anything like that. We, or you know the the African countries and things like that. We're talking about America. So here in America, this is how uh, uh, black families take care of their their hair or their skin or whatever. You know, there's a lot of times that I walk around and I don't put lotion on, so my arms get what we call ash. ashy. Right. So, <laughs> uh, you guys just call it dry skin. But <laughs> okay. It, it turns white, so we call it ashy. Oh, know, right? so then we're just permanently ashy. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. You are. Well, okay. So, 
You see what I'm saying? Oh, so yeah. If I don't put the lotion on, you know, it, 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 it turns. the lotion on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I got some in the car. I'm going to put some on when I leave here. <laughs> anyway, so. But anyway, so that, I just think that, that uh, families that are adopting kids should, should have that, um, that education. Yeah. Um, but if they have the freedom to either keep that kid, adopt that kid, abort that kid, whatever, shouldn't they have the freedom to... No. Brush the kids' hair however they want? No. They they, they should, but no. any responsible parent in helping a child get to the person they were always created to be needs to help that child be the best that they can be. If a child wants... We had a, a little girl who did not... She never did anything with her hair. She had it permed once, and and permed in her culture is straightening, mm -hmm. not curly. And so she had it permed, and it was all fried off when when we got her. Um, and I had I have a friend who said, um, "Don't you want to do something with her hair?" And I'm like, "She said no. Mm -hmm. Like, she said no. I, it's her hair." Um, and so she said, well, let me talk to her. And she was also black and she, she took her and she said, okay, let's get her to the salon, which I had no idea was a four hour appointment. So we took her to the salon. <laughs> we took her to the shop and she got her hair done. Her brother got his hair done. And then we, um, learned okay. how to. We so, all learn together. So product to acclimate into the American society. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I think that, that that if you're going to adopt a child, you not only should have them within their community, or at least have them be a part of their community, mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you should understand their community yourself so that you can help them. Them girl, you know, my my daughter, um, all of my kids actually, uh, grew up in Northeast Wisconsin predominantly white area uh, in De Pere and out in Wrightstown, you know. Um, so there's not a lot of black people in, in either one of those areas, especially when my kids were growing up. Um, and they all have, a, uh, not a complex, but they all have the same, and, and, and they were my kids, so I didn't adopt them. I just took care of them like you're supposed to. <laughs> I, just, I just kept the kid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's another one coming. All right, I guess I'll keep that one too. <laughs> that's, a, that's a topic for another show. But anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, but they all have the the so they were all born to uh, Caucasian women, and they all have that they're not uh, uh, white enough to be white or black enough to be black. They're not accepted by either group in school. The black kids don't accept them because they're not black enough. The white kids don't accept them because they're not white enough. And they've all come home at different occasions and have said that to me, that they have that issue. <clears throat> um, and But my youngest daughter is, she likes to uh, um, identify. <laughs> she, she likes the fact that she, she is black and not because of, you know, the, the mainstream culture, but because of the history of uh, the, the black community. I have uh, several books at home that I had all of them read as they were growing up uh, to help them understand where, the, where we come from, not the, the, uh, the black history books, not the American history books. So this is where they understood, you know, the, their foundation, their background, where they come from, you know. 
and where they can go, the struggles that black people in America have been through in order to get where we are today so that they can continue to uh, build upon that, that, that community legacy. So we had um, one little guy, and he was Martin Luther King's uh, birthday, and we, we were sitting around the dinner table, and um, he said, Mom, Mom, that Martin Luther King guy, we talked about him. And I said, you did? And he said, yeah, we did. And I said, well, what did you talk about? And he said, there were slaves. And I'm like, yep. And he goes, whew, I'm sure glad I'm not black anymore. And I went, what? <laughs> he said, he said, he said, I'm not black anymore. I used to be black when I lived at Guthrie's house and when I lived at my mama's house, but now I live at your house and I'm not black anymore. And I'm like, oh, the sister hit him and said his name. Oh my goodness. I've never forgotten that. And that said more to me right. about inter, interracial, transracial adoption, adoption and fostering than anything ever could. Because had it been a different person, they might have just laughed it off and let it be. Right. I didn't let it be. He's black and he needs to be proud of that. That's a beautiful thing. Right. And let's look at what that means. Like, it, they need to be taught... I'm Mexican. I was not raised in a Mexican home, and I wasn't allowed to be Mexican, ever. You had to be Italian. I had to be so Italian. you ate a lot of spaghetti, well, meatballs, stuff like that? Well, yeah, I had to suffer, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, I never even made tacos. My mother never made tacos. We never, ever went out for Mexican, except for when we lived in California. And my race and my my nationality or whatever it is that I am never came into play until California. And then there were like all these Mexicans and I'm like, oh. So were you the only person adopted in your family? No, my brother was, but he was white. Okay. Okay. So you got, how many siblings do you have? And One you're... by adoption and four, five no. that I know of by birth. Yeah. No, I'm talking about your, your, by your adoptive parents. My adoptive parent has one other child that they adopted. Okay, so you grew up with a brother and yourself. He's mm -hmm. white. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you foster these kids, how old are they normally? Is it a varying... It can vary. It can be like straight after detox from the hospital mm -hmm. um, and then straight to a foster home. Um, it can be, we've had ranges in our home, everything from six months to 17 years. So do you feel like there's an age through all of that? There's an age where those kids are... I don't want to say programmed. Maybe it is the word that I want to use, but where it's like, okay, well, this is prevalent and it's probably not going to be able to change. Or, you know what I'm saying? That's a great question. So um, Maslow's hierarchy, right, says that we're all kind of formed who we're going to be by the time we're five. Maslow? Maslow. And, and if that any of those slates are broken, right, then... It, it's going to be cracked. You can repair most of them, but that foundation piece 
So zero to five is that foundation piece. Okay. Okay. So if that foundation piece is cracked, that's not going to give a good shot for change later on. Um, Most most children have it in their head by five, what they believe, what they think. They may not be able to express it. They may not be able to articulate it, but they surely have it. And they say that they're, they, they're set in their, who they're going to be by age nine. So that was one of the things that scared me. So my ex-wife wanted to adopt, all of, not adopt, uh, be a foster parent all, all the time. Let's be a foster parent. Let's be... I'm like, you know, I, I, w- I would because my heart goes out to children in need. But the thing that scares me is them bringing all of their traumas into my house and, um, having, and, tr- and having my kids go through that. So if you have a child, unfortunately, who was uh, molested, you know, say they're 9, 10 years old. My daughter was 6, 7 years old at the time. So if we bring in a little boy who's 9, 10 years old who's been molested, Chances are he's going to be molesting, you know, my daughter, um, not because he wants to, but because that's how he was groomed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. True so story. That, that stopped me from adopting. How do you how do you deal with that when you have a large family of foster kids in your house? Hmm. How do you how do you how do you make sure that those things aren't happening in your household? Well, I quit my job. Can you? Okay. 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 I quit my job. So I was in insurance and and we had. Very, very strict rules in our home. There were no doors that were allowed to be closed. All doors were to be kept open to any bedroom. The only privacy you got was in the bathroom. Um, And any play had to be done in the family room with me. There were there was no oh let's go to my room no nope, we're not doing that let's play house yep we're not doing that and then they get quiet and you're like okay. we don't play house no, we don't play police we don't play like there's a whole host of things we didn't play in my house because it, it would spark things for kids and we didn't have dance parties because those kids dance <clears throat> interesting so you didn't let their food. Uh, feet get loose? <laughs> no, it loosens twerk. so much more. <laughs> twerk. <laughs> that was before twerking came out. It was. Well, we still twerked. We just didn't call it that. <laughs> really? No. Was it? Anyway, so back on the topic. It was a back bumping on topic, grind. Back on topic. Back on topic. <laughs> I never heard of twerking before, I don't know, the late 90s. No, not even. But yeah, didn't late, you late, see it? Late, late, late 90s. Oh, people weren't jumping around like that when I was a kid. Why do you think? I we mean, we danced. We actually danced. Dance. We did break dancing. We did pop, pop and locking. You know, we did. Okay, and what, all, what, is pop, what is pop and locking? What do you mean? What is pop and locking? Show me pop and locking. I'm not going to show you <laughs> pop and locking, especially when she got that camera running over there. Oh, you know? this would be an awesome <laughs> TikTok right? clip. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I tell you what, Google it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You, YouTube I, it. YouTube I have it. a friend who, t- who showed me. It's fine. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you just wanted to embarrass me. <laughs> but, you know, that's what we did when we were kids. Anyway, um, so I have a friend of mine who is in the adoption industry. Um, and when I say industry, she's she she helps out. You know, she, anyway, she's part of that industry. I don't want to go too deep into yeah. it. When you do I don't it want like this, this no, that's, it, that's not the shady side. No, of no, no. Okay. I'm not talking about trafficking. I'm talking okay. about actual okay. adoption. Okay. Um, and, but she, and she was explaining to me that the, um, 
the children don't have a voice. They don't. In the in the adoption industry. So the parents have a voice. The parents have groups to go to on how to raise kids and how to do this, that, and the other. But the children themselves Are, don't have an outlet and don't have a voice right. about their adoption. Correct. So why isn't something being done about that? Why? Um, you know, because I think parents, that's a group you should start. No. Oh. Because, parents, <laughs> because I love them, just not that damn much. You know, that ain't my job. That's somebody else's job. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'll parents, when when so when kids age out, right? You better believe they're hunting down every kind of group they can find, um, or maybe once they're settled, they're hunting down every kind mm-hmm. of group they can find. Right, right. When they're under the age of eighteen, if their parent says no, we can't. No, you can't. Then no, they can't. Like, it, I think there should be some. Well, I guess. I mean, if you adopt a kid, it's your kid. You can do what you want with it, right? Well, and I, I mean, see it from a parent's know, perspective. Them, you know, it's like you're trying to do the best for them to, like you said, groom them into being a better, in a better person, based on the situation they came out of, and. You don't know who they're talking to or what they're right. talking about. Yeah, but it should be common sense that that they need some kind of support. So when you go through a traumatic experience, you have you, there are support groups out there for the for those experiences. And you don't think there's support groups out there for kids at all? There are a ch- a ch- children that are being adopted don't have as the voice that the parents have. The, they have groups for the parents, but not for the children. So here. In Wisconsin, in Northeast Wisconsin specifically, we have groups that are for adopted parents and adopted children. It's a post-adoption scenario, and it's a fantastic program. Unfortunately, most families don't take advantage of that. Um, I read in a book once about adoption. I never read any more in the book. I saw this sentence, and I got... Adoption. That's, all, That's as it. far as I'm going. The I'm end. Gonna, it said adoption, no. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> it said adoption is an agreement that I will pretend to love you unconditionally on the condition that you pretend to be mine. Pretend? That doesn't make sense. Okay. I will... Pretend to love you unconditionally. So you on the condition, which means it's un, not unconditional. right. I understand. Yeah. I understand. The, but the, on the condition the, that it's the, it's the pretend that that bothers me. So it's not the unconditional and and if, not so much pretend you, legally, but pretend we're a family. I'm going to raise you, but you have to treat me like mom. Right. Okay. I wasn't okay. brown. I, I understand what you're saying. I was never brown. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no. I was white. Okay, okay. I came home when I was 16 years old. First racial, like, icky experience I'd ever had. And I was walking down the streets, Irvine Boulevard, and walking home to my little suburban house. And sa- I heard somebody yell from a car, go home, wetback. So I looked around and I looked around and Looking I'm like, wetback. right? <laughs> like, first I want to know what the heck a wetback is. What does it look like? Oh, that's a, okay. What does it look like? What is it? So I got home and I said, hey, mom, what? what's a wetback? And she went, oh. Where did you hear that? And I said, I don't know. Somebody yelled it while I was walking home, but there was nobody else around. So, 
like, I think they meant me. And she goes, well, that's just ridiculous. And I said, why? What does it mean? She goes, that's a derogatory term for Mexicans. And I said, but I'm white. Those are my actual words. And what did she say? I'm Mexican. I'm not. I'm Italian. I'm not Mexican. And she said, right? That was it. So she didn't. So there wasn't any. Yeah. Acknowledgement. So when did you find out you were adopted? And when do you think kids should find out that they're adopted? The same way I found out I was adopted. I asked my mom. I think I've asked her through my whole life. She's passed on now. Um, But I asked her every time. Um, I saw her as an adult and at least monthly as a kid. When did you tell me I was adopted? And she would say, from the moment we started (coughs) home with you in the hospital. Okay. We carried you on our lap because there were no car seats. Mm -hmm. And I said, you've been chosen twice, once by me Mm -hmm. and once by God. And so that was the, that was the narrative that I grew up with. Right. Okay. Um, I like it. And I, I knew that forever. I, I didn't know adoption was a thing like that I should be ashamed of until I was told to be ashamed of it in second grade. And somebody acted, I think they were, oh, I got a satin jacket because back in the 70s, satin jackets were all the rage when you were in second grade. And you weren't in second grade in the 70s? (laughs) It must have been for the older folk. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you can go to hell for lying. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm only 35. <laughs> On Tuesday? What? what are you laughing about over there? <laughs> right, Jenny? <laughs> Jenny couldn't hold that one back. <laughs> How many times now? <laughs> anyway, so. Yeah, so uh, this little girl came up to me in my class and she said, Oh, I like your jacket. I said, thank you. And she said, was that your real parents that got that for you or your fake ones? Your fake ones. I'm like, um, I only have one set of parents. And she's like. Kids are cruel. Right. Kids are cruel. But that's how she saw adoption. Yeah. Up until that moment, I didn't know I was supposed to think any other way other than some know. kids come from the baby it's store. It's always some the kid kids... that tells you that, you that something's wrong right? with you. It's always another kid. Right. Some people's children. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts? Adoption is a sticky subject, and it's so, so flooded with opinion. At the end of the day, kids need love. And if a parent's willing to do that and willing to learn to do that, to take care of them well, then they should be allowed to do so. I love it. Amy? Yeah. Hey, thank you for coming and having a conversation with us about this, because neither one of us have adopted kids or have been adopted. Um, and I know this all evolved around... A, Different discussions and yeah, politics yeah. and all kinds of things, but um, I appreciate you being honest and coming and telling <clears> us <throat> your story. Um, Thanks for inviting me. Oh, for sure. That'd be five dollars. <laughs> uh, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> so we we uh, don't normally do soft topics like this or anything like that. We usually have more, you know. Um, okay. heated discussions and stuff, right. but we thought we'd start out with a soft topic and 
Next week, we're going to move it. As we move closer to the elections, I'm sorry, people, we're going to talk about it again. We're going to talk about it again. I'm don't sorry. bring me back. As we, no. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't allow liberals on the show. <laughs> I'm I'm uh, <laughs> As one of the big, no, I'm just kidding, Jenny. She's not, she's not liberal. I'm not liberal. You look liberal. You look, I know. You look like you want to be liberal. When I found out she I wasn't, I told her I didn't know if we could still be friends. I'm See, sorry. and that's the problem with liberals. They don't want to yeah. be friends with anybody that doesn't think like that. That's the problem with them. I was joking. You see, I came in her car. I'm just... I know. All right. right. Well, thank you again for coming. I'm Amy Alexander. And I'm Mike Sewell. Uh, Please like, subscribe, share, check out our Facebook page, and do all the things that people do to do the things to be on social. It's hard for me to say no doubt to that. (laughs) Thank you so much to our guest. We'll see you next time. No doubt.